Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think a lot of people base what their actions in life off of things they want to accomplish. Like, mm. I want... That's what everyone does, Ashley. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Literally, right? okay. everyone is like, I have... It's how we're raised. It's how we're raised. We're I like, want, I have this goal. I want the house. I want the relationship. Reverse engineer it. How do I get there? I want you the know? three kids. That's I want right. the... This income, this body, this right. whatever else. So here's the recipe. Let's go. And I did that for a while. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that I had those things and felt terrible. Welcome to the Healing Her Podcast. This is your grief expert and friend, Ashley Lemieux. We have a special guest hot (laughs) off the plane from California sitting in my living room right now. Nicole Walters. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Okay, (laughs) this is the, you're the only person besides Mike who has been on my podcast now twice. That's how much I love you. (laughs) I adore you. I adore you, especially because I know that it means a lot what we're about to do here today. I'm so excited. We're actually going to do a little role reversal today. Mm -hmm. Haven't done this before, but Nicole is taking over the podcast reins and she is going to interview me. And to preface this, I actually have no idea what her questions None. are. Zero <laughs> zilch. I have to tell you, there is so much trust that you're giving me <laughs> in being able to do this. I have never, look, I've had a podcast now for almost five years. No one has ever done this for me. Maybe I would probably let you do it. I'd probably let you do it, but I've never. Um, I was just going to say, this. if yeah. this goes south, I'm, I, I'm inviting myself on your podcast yeah. to interview you, you for some payback. So I, Look, I, I would have earned it. No, I think this is going to be really fun and I'm excited because because one thing that I know about this time is that I've had a chance to get to know you through the years. And there's a side of you that only comes out when you're talking to people, you know, in a yeah. place where you're comfortable. And there are things that you don't always go into, you know, mm-hmm. just a little bit deeper. And I've always said, I wish people knew that side of you. Yeah. You tell me that a lot. All the time. And so <laughs> I'm excited because I'm hoping that people get a glimpse of that today, if not a little bit more. And I also think it's going to really empower them because sometimes when you know that that person has been through certain things or experienced certain things or the reason why you see the outcome on social media or in their business or in their body is because of something rooted in more 
you know, that yeah. they may not talk about. So I'm excited to chat. Thank you for trusting me. Oh, thanks for being here. I just got nervous. Not going to lie. I wasn't nervous. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm a little nervous. No, <laughs> it's going to be all good. It's I'm all really good. It's all good. You're in good hands because ultimately, you know, it's also my own curiosity questions. You know, there are things that I want to know about you. And frankly, I guess we should, we could just take it back to move it forward. You know, I know you because we have been friends for a long time for many years but we've also worked together mm -hmm. so having known you in those capacities our conversations have been very different than me being able to ask you some of the things i'm going to ask yeah. you today so you know the first thing i want to do is i am obsessed personally with your childhood mm. i love papa shine i love mama <laughs> shine i love the dynamic that i see in your family it's so loving. It seems so secure. And you all really seem to have each other's back. Mm -hmm. And that's something that really seems to stand out to me. I think that in the internet, we get caught up in what seems like fun. You know, like, mm -hmm. oh, they play around or your dad's hilarious. You know, like that's the those are the pieces we see. But what's always stood out to me as someone who didn't have a secure relationship with their parents is that you guys really seem to go the distance to support each other. Like I met Mama Shine walking in the door. Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit more about that dynamic and and how you think it shaped you feeling like you've had that support? That's a really good question. And I think to answer this question, I need to go back just a mm -hmm. little bit to them that they didn't grow up with the same childhood that I was given. Oh, so tell, tell us about the dynamic then, because I think it seems like you've grown up, you know, pretty well to do or comfortable, which is very interesting. And I want to get into later because that has not been your history, you know, like mm -hmm. in terms of your own independent mm -hmm. adult life. But did you grow up comfortable? Like, would you say you grew up kind of well to do and secure? I grew up secure. My dad always figured it out. He's an mm -hmm. entrepreneur in the sense that he has his own law firm. And so with any type of entrepreneurship, there are great years. And then there's years where you're like, how, am I gonna how are we going to do that? Yeah. So definitely had that roller coaster growing up. And what's interesting, and I really want to call this out because I don't think enough people talk about it. We have a different background. I grew up just tragically poor, right? Yeah, I, didn't I did not. Have a lot. We have a very different background. Right. Yeah. And I think that sometimes, and this is worth noting, a lot of people miss the messy middle. We will, you know, glorify and uplift the sort of rags to riches, you know, and say, oh, you had nothing and now you have so much. But there are so many of us that are living in the middle where it's like, look, I didn't have lavish vacations. I didn't have cable TV. My parents, I, I remember them being nervous about bills. They were always paid. The fridge was always mm -hmm. filled, but there was still an impact where now I feel like I can't talk about the fact that there was an impact. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like you were kind of in that in that middle because also lawyers, you know, they they do well as in there's a regular check, but it's not a lot. <laughs> it's not a lot, believe it or not, not the entrepreneurial ones. So talk to me about how that shaped you, because like you said, they were, had to work. They were hardworking. Yeah, really hardworking. Both of my parents, especially I'll speak for my mom because she shared this publicly before, but she always said she made a pact with herself growing up that she was going to have a different relationship with her children than she had been given growing up. And so my mom put so much effort to always being there to, and, and sometimes we would even fight about that. Whereas like, mom, I need space from you. Can you tell me about a situation that happened? Like, do you mean like 
you're getting ready for prom and she's standing in the bathroom or do you mean like you felt like you could make your own decisions like yeah I think sometimes and especially in high school because you know first of all you're just in high school and you want to find your own voice you want to do your own thing there were some times where we would butt heads over things one time she actually sent me to go stay with my grandma because we got in such a big fight because I'm very independent and she's very independent and so if she was wanting me to do something that I didn't want to do, not in a, well, she would definitely say it was disrespectful, but for me, it wasn't in a disrespect way. It was, mom, you're telling me to do something that doesn't fit in with, with just my life or who, mm-hmm. what I want to be doing beyond go make your bed. Sure. Right? Sure. Um, and so we definitely butted heads a lot as I grew, as I've grown up that relationship, that dynamic has definitely shifted in a way where I think because I'm older out of the house, mm-hmm. she respects that. She she trusts my own decisions. And so instead of there being this dynamic of butting heads, mm-hmm. it's a dynamic of support where she wants to be of support for what I'm doing, which is why you walked in today mm-hmm. and she's here with my baby. Yes. Because Mike's working I'm working today and she wants to be the one to be here with her granddaughter. And so she is. That's wonderful. And I just admire it so much, you know, because I think that so many of us aim to be better, if not different, you know, from Mm -hmm. what we've learned from our parents. And it's really interesting because you're different in the way that I've always known you is that you are independent and firm about kind of this is what I want to do and I have clarity around that and this is my direction. And it sounds like while your mom may not have had all those attributes herself, you know, you still were able to receive love in, in oh. ways that worked for you. Oh, we were loved yeah, beyond. And I think that that's where my sense of security and safety came from. But there were also a lot of things that happened that, you know, your parents can't protect you from mm-hmm. as much as they love you or they try to. And so I think part of that dynamic also was hard for me growing up. This is nothing I've ever talked about. It's I've wrote, written about it in my mm-hmm. book. So if you've read my book, you know what I'm talking about. But I also think for me, because I always knew how much my parents loved me, I never wanted them to be upset about, mm-hmm. well, first of all, about me making a bad decision. I was Miss Goody Two-Shoes Well, quote unquote up. bad decision, right? Because growing up in certain dynamics, you know, I'm a Christian, you have a Christian background mm-hmm. as well. You know, the definition of what is quote unquote bad can be very complicated yes. for us. You know yes. what I mean? Because what is bad in our faith versus what is bad in our family values versus what is bad in our community versus what is bad in society all can really have different terms. And the internal conflict of that as a woman can be really tough. So oh, when you yeah. say you were a goody two shoes, where did you feel like you were showing up that you could be considered bad? I wasn't bad because I was so good. You I were was so, so careful for all of those so different good. areas. In school, mm-hmm. my reports from my teachers to my parents, I was always like helpful good, quiet, and right. helpful, only spoke when, actually I probably didn't even speak when I was spoken to because mm. then I was just shy. And But yeah, I never wanted to disappoint mm-hmm. my parents. So how did sure. that feel knowing that on one end, and I say all of this because I really want to take people on the journey of who you are right now, because mm-hmm. I don't know if people know how fiery you are, you know, and, and, <laughs> I, want to, and I want to get to that because it really is a root 
to that fire, you know? Yeah. So here you are, this person who's managed to really toe the line, you know, in all these different worlds, school and all that. But then at home where you felt the safest with your parents, you were getting sent to grandma's mom because people were tired. <laughs> people are tired. Right, they're tired of you. They're like, listen, you know, she's got a lot of energy. With Isn't that true with kids? We save it for home, right? When we feel comfortable. So, so knowing that you always have that in you, when you ended up going to college, you know, there was a moment that you talk about in your book where you pretty much said, hey, I am knowing that I don't want to go this traditional work route, but I've run into this. I, I've discovered these issues that exist in the world. It was the AVID program, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'd love for you to tell us about that, because I think that is such a great example of you as a kid kind of I see something and I want to do something about it because you don't listen. <laughs> you, you know, you're just saying you don't listen. You're not trying to follow anyone's rules. You just want to do it. So can you yeah. tell us about that that program? Because I don't think people who, who I mean, it's so long ago at this point, almost 15 I know, years. It was so long ago. That's yeah. wow. That is wild. Yeah. Well, I grew up seeing my parents. My parents have always been the people who were always helping other people. Mm -hmm. They were always with their eyes open to help fill in whatever need they could. Uh, my brother went to a, an inner city high school to play football there. Mm -hmm. And it was during that experience for my family where we, you know, I came from an affluent part of Phoenix and just across the other side of the mountain was a very different reality for hundreds of thousands of people. And if not the majority of the world, you know? Right. Right. But we hear about it yes. being in the world. But when you realize that it is literally up the street from you, mm -hmm. and that was part of, I guess, my own privilege of coming to this moment of, oh, this has not been my reality for these ever. Mm -hmm. And now I'm seeing it like firsthand, really, for the first time at 18 years old. And my mom got really involved with the booster club because mm -hmm. they didn't have a booster club sure. and because my brother and was they on the team one. and they need one. Yeah. And, you know, she wanted to help the boys go on the trips for the football. And so anyway, so I bring that up because I learned about the AVID program through that school. And while I was getting my English degree from ASU, Arizona State, I needed an internship and I wanted my internship to be in the AVID program and what an AVID program is. Um, it helps prepare juniors and seniors in high school to then go to college, most of them being first generation college students. So it's a really impactful program because for the first time they're seeing and they're hearing what's possible for them and they're That's having right. people tell them they can do it and they're giving them the resources and the path to make it happen. And so I thought, that feels like exactly what I want to be doing with my life. And so I got the internship there. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You all know I'm a big supporter of therapy. And especially right now, as so many of us are trying to create new habits for the new year so we can feel better. I just want you to know that you can be gentle with yourself and not change anything. Maybe we can all focus more on what it is we're already doing right and then have extra support from therapy in the process. I've been going to therapy myself on and off since I was 18 and it is such a great way to acknowledge your needs, be validated, and then create a path forward with new positive coping skills. If you've been thinking about starting therapy, 
and maybe you've been a little bit nervous to try? Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. You'll just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Visit betterhelp.com slash healing her today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash healing her. I want to call out something that you already touched upon which is the privilege, Mm -hmm. right? There are so many of us who see problems all the time. I mean, they're everywhere we look, there's a form of need, whether it's in our own community or heck, the stay-at-home mom that you know down the street is just always overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and tired. And one of the things that I'm a big believer, and I think you are too, you know, in the years I've known you, is that we all desire to help. Like we Mm -hmm. have that in our hearts. Sometimes we just don't know how. And I call this out because I think so many people look at you from the outside and they see a shell that, Believe it or not, y'all, doesn't necessarily match what, you know, what's inside. You think it's something, but she is so much more, you know, blonde hair, blue eyes, pretty girl, affluent, you know, life. You are, you could visit poverty, do a little dance and leave, right? That is the truth that performative, you know, nature exists with those who have privilege. It's a thing to decide that you want to interact and be part of this program is a big leap for an 18 year old. Because you're in college and I mean, it's ASU, (laughs) you could do anything else, but you know, where do you think you get that from that hands on desire to go all in? That's a really good question. I think that connecting with other people has always been fulfilling to me. And, you know, what I think about that time at Avid is I gained so much more (laughs) from the students that I was able to interact with than they will ever have gained Mm -hmm. from me and I think for me that part of feeling fulfilled in my life is being able to connect with people on deeper levels that have different experiences than me that have different views than me that have just a, a different experience with life it's hard for me to put it into words right now because as you're asking me this question and I'm trying to answer of like, well, why? Mm-hmm. The, the word that keeps coming is I, I love connecting with people. And so part of that connection for me was can we progress together? Like my progression during that time was so drastic, was in a good way. And then when I'm able to be with other people and we're all helping each other get to that next stage in our lives or or take that next step together, even if it's hard and even if our paths are looking different, Mm -hmm. we're still taking those steps together. And something about that that just lights me up because that's part of the human experience. It's part of the human connection. It should be, Mm -hmm. right? But so often we can feel so lonely or isolated. But for me, that's what kind of makes my world keep spinning. Sure. Sure. I love hearing that, that heart that you have, because I do think it echoes what a lot of us feel, but there's also the fear of getting involved, the fear of being hands-on, you know, the fear of what is the outcome, you know, on some levels, what if I love it too much, you know, and it doesn't work out or what if I go in and I'm not, which has happened, right. Which has happened. So I want to talk about that because that nature of being willing to immerse yourself in a situation or, raise your hand and say, sure, I'll take it on. You know, it led you to guardianship, you know, and as someone who went through the guardian journey all the way through to adoption, we both share that story in making families in different ways. So 
I get asked all the time, why would you take on, you know, kids out of nowhere, you know, to become a parent, especially older children, because there's so much stigma attached to that rather than infants. And that was something you did. Do you think that was tied to some of your experiences in the AVID program where you maybe wanted to do more and you couldn't? Or was it something different? No, it was something different because at different phases of my life, if you would have asked me that same question, it would have been, you know, no, or or I, I don't feel like this is our step in life. But I knew specifically for those two that we were just supposed to. So I love that answer just because it's something that I think we both share. You know, it was just a call. I don't know if I could do it again. I don't know if I would do it now. I don't know if it, if it was different children, but I can say when I met my my three girls, I said, this is forever. I'm not going anywhere. And I'm excited about this. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm leaning all in. There is no other version. I know that you met that moment the same way, but that's not how it played out. For those of you who aren't familiar with the story, it's told everywhere. There are podcasts. There are, uh, you can obviously grab Ashley's books, you know, Born to Shine. You know, there's so much information. I am here, you know, talks about it. But high level, you became a parent to two incredible, sweet little babies. Overnight. Overnight, <laughs> you know, overnight. And then you were a full-on mom for four years. At 25. I was 25 yeah, years which, old. Which, I mean, right now, 25-year-olds are still moving in with their parents, living yeah. in the basement. Like, I mean, <laughs> this world is crazy, right? Like, you can barely do it. I'm, look, I'm 40 and I can barely do anything right, right now. So, like, it's like, you know, 25 is already mm-hmm. hard enough. But then it didn't end the way that you thought. No. And so I want to ask you something that, you know, I actually had a really hard time finding the answer to. But, you know, I think a lot of us want to know, at what point did you feel like their mom? Oh, that's a really good question. You know, for me, the term mom has a beautiful meaning of any time you are in a role where you are able to caregive and provide safety and nurture. So I I think, I mean, before they even came, I knew that for me, Mm -hmm. I was going to provide those things for them. That's right. I wasn't going to be like, okay, well, I'm not your biological mom, so Mm -hmm. I'm going to withhold this. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to give you as much love and attention here. I was like, these kids are coming there in my home. I'm taking care of them. I am mothering them. That's right. And because I am mothering them, they're getting 100% of all of the parts of me as I would be giving a biological child. And so they always were able to call us what they wanted, mm-hmm. whether that was Miss Ashley. Mm-hmm. But it was just a couple of weeks, um, you know, we were mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And But whether they called us those things or not, never changed our interaction or, or how I knew I was going to be showing up for that relationship. That's right. And I, I love that you say it that way because it's something that's even echoed um, – Oprah actually stated that she's been mothered by a lot of women in her life. And she mothers know? a lot. And of, she mothers of girls a lot now. of women, mm-hmm. you know, and she said that, you know, there were times where her best friend Gail was a mother mm. to her, you know, and um, and that call to mother is something that I think shows up in so many places and doesn't go away whether or not your kids are in your home. And what's interesting is that, you know, unfortunately, there was an unexpected transition and your, and your children no longer were in your home you know, and, uh, and they've yet to return. So this would be, as you've described, you know, in the past, sort of that first moment where grief kind of found you 
in a, in a massive, massive way. Sadly, we wish it was the last one, but such is life, you know? <laughs> so can you tell me a little bit about the one thing looking back in that moment now that you think shows up in your present around how you connect with others? Oh, about how I connect with others. Because connection is so important to you. And a lot of people don't know that when I think of what you went through, I would want to close off. And so the idea that connecting, you did. So let's take me back there, you know, because what shows up now, because you still love to connect. That's still a core part of who you are. So something like that would close the door to people, Mm -hmm. but yet it didn't for you. So tell me more It did for a while. Mm -hmm. Mike and I, my husband sold everything and we moved to Nashville where we knew nobody. I had a really hard time trusting people. There's a lot of our story that we don't share. Share. Yep. I had a really hard time trusting myself. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to connect with other people when you don't feel safe connecting with yourself. And so I hit this ground level of I can't trust my decisions. I can't trust my intuition. I can't trust who I am as a mom because what kind of mom can't protect? What kind of mom deserves joy? when she knows that people she loves are hurting that ruined my connection with myself with god who i believed at that time god to be with my husband and with everyone else in my life because i was functioning at a level it was as if someone dug a hole threw me in it buried the dirt back on top and then said figure it out not only did I not know how to figure it out, I didn't want to. I mean, with I just energy. want I wanted to just stay there and yeah. just be done. Yeah. It was like, okay, then just leave me here and hopefully I just disappear and I don't have to deal with this anymore. Thank you for sharing that. I think a lot of your story, we don't hear that sort of raw and simple. You know, you do talk about and, and have painted, I mean, you're a beautiful writer. You paint us and take us there, but there is something to be said for giving us a glimpse in the various stages of your life of what that time looked like. Because, you know, I've read your stories of your discussion of that season and your understanding of it while you were closer to it. But I think the further you get from it, it, the description is evolving, especially with your own understanding around grief and, and your expertise around grief, you know, which we'll get into in a moment. So you're under the ground, you know, and at this point, you're not even trying to fight to get out. No. There was nothing left. I had already used everything I had to fight. And now I'm just. Which is also, can we talk about how that's the definition of being a mom? You know, which is I literally gave my last to my and kids. And then where then where do you and go? And then where do you go? And then where do you go? So in keeping, you know, with the theme of the podcast, you know, you had to <laughs> heal her, you know. So what came next? Because I know that you eventually reached a place where you decided to try, you know, to, to continue to grow your family. Five. Took them four, four years yep. later. Yep. So in that window of four, five-ish years, mm-hmm. how many times did you go back and forth between saying this chapter is closed, let's give it another go? As far Be- as having more kids? Oh, yeah. Having more kids. Oh. I mean, and especially with that juggle of healing yourself simultaneously. Yeah. For the first two years, we were confident that we would never have more kids. And that had nothing to do with uh, the biological aspects. We had never tried. We had never tried to have biological kids. It was just, I'm not, I don't emotionally think I could bear this. We couldn't. It it felt Mm -hmm. to, how could we, how? We have We love them so much. How, how, and also, 
I, I can't even take care of myself. I can barely mm-hmm. even get out of bed. How? How? Mm-hmm. And so that just felt like it wasn't going to happen. But I kept having dreams about my daughter. Mm-hmm. And so I think slowly over the course of that time, I knew she was coming. I knew she was coming. And then I've always been the person, though, where when I when something is right for that next step in my life, I feel it. I know it. I have to then take the steps to act on it. But I always just felt like when it's time, yes. I'm not going to rush this, but I'm going to know. And then we knew in 2019 that it was that it was time to start thinking about growing our family again. But between, you know, those few years, so much work went into just being able to function as a human again. That's right. That's right. And that that changed me. I had to create a process for myself that compelled me to get out of bed because when I went from, you know, parenting two kiddos to no one needing me to get out of bed in the morning, Mm -hmm. I felt like there was no purpose for me to get out of bed anymore. That is a scary notion that I think a lot of women are aware of and we push back really far is that so much of our life is driven around our productivity and how we show up. So when we don't have a job, it's why do I get up? If we don't have the kids in the house, it's why do I get up? If we have a job we hate, it's why do we get up? And I do want to get into the tools that you used because those tools transcend all of those areas. The ability to know that I need to get up, what I'm going to do and how I'm going to show up with such clarity is such a powerful part that I don't think enough people understand about who you are. So I I do want to get into that, but not before asking you something I've wanted to know for a long time. So you've always said to me, because this is something we share, I also feel like I've got a baby within me, you know, Mm -hmm. and and I'm aware of her and I've held her and I know who she is. I keep saying her. Honestly, I'm pretty sure it's a he. But, you know, either way, you know, I, I have this feeling. When you became pregnant with Jace, knowing that you dreamt of your daughter, how do you think that impacted your pregnancy? And did you know that it would not work out on some level? So we actually decided with Jace that we were going to wait until 20 weeks to find out if it was a boy or girl. Wow. And why is that? I think because I always knew and felt that our first biological baby would be a daughter Mm. that, and, and it was our first pregnancy. And so there was just no, when you're pregnant for the first time and nothing negative has happened before you don't think that it's going to of course and especially if you've been surrounded by friends and family who've just had easy perfect pregnancies and so we're like we'll just wait and so it wasn't until i delivered him that we knew he was a boy and so then it was at that moment where i was really confused too because i was like wait i thought i was knowing this girl but now there's this baby boy who who, who I'm feeling like I need to learn mm. and know, but now he's not here with me. So what does that look like? And also, I also know that there is a future baby and I don't know, it felt really complicated. It is complicated. It, <laughs> it is, complicated. is complicated. Yes, it still is. And I think there is an element of a lack of understanding around that type of loss that we all will always have yeah. in our life when we experience those types of losses. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. So Knowing that you've been hit twice, the idea 
And this is the thing that, you know, I really want to dive in on and then and then talk about the tools around because I think it's the most powerful thing that has honestly helped me in knowing you. You are, and I'm trying, it's so interesting. I can feel myself getting emotional about it. I have never in my life met a woman who will take the types of hits that would put people under the ground permanently, who keeps getting back up. And when I say get back up, y'all, if you don't know, she gets back up with an energy of all in again. And I, I don't know where you get it from. I have an idea because I know about some of the tools you use and I, I, I've seen you apply them to other women and it works. You decided that you were going to go for it. Not only did your last pregnancy result in a loss, which is hard enough, but Ashley, you almost died. That's like saying that you had a skiing accident and then you get back on the slopes next week, you know? Can you tell me, where did you summon the courage knowing that you would leave behind a family, a loving marriage, you know, a life that you at some point were perfectly okay saying this is all it's going to be, to say I still am called to build my family and I have total clarity that this is the right thing to do? I had to find the clarity, like the actual clarity that that was the right thing to do. There's something I do in my life that I think might be different than what a lot of people do. I think a lot of people base what their actions in life off of things they want to accomplish. Like mm. I want. That's what everyone does, Ashley. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Literally, right? okay. Everyone is like, I have, it's how we're raised. It's how we're raised. We're I like, want, I have this goal. I want the house. I want the relationship. Reverse engineer it. How do I get there? I want you the know? three kids. That's I want right. the, this income, this body, this right. whatever else. So here's the recipe. Let's go. And I did that for a while. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that I had those things and felt terrible. And so oh, accomplishing that isn't what actually my goal is. So then if it's not the action, then what is it? It's For me, it's the feeling. And so I find clarity based off of how I want to feel in my life with deciding, do we move forward with this new baby? I, I was craving, I am craving that feeling of family and connection to a child. So then I have to ask myself, am I okay living my whole life without having that? Yes or no. And then that helps me determine what next steps do I take? And I just knew that that feeling is what I wanted, that had she not come, we would have figured, figured things sure, out. Sure, sure. But in the, and, and even still getting her here was so hard. There were infertility treatments, but no one could tell me like, what was I wasn't on? diagnosed with anything. Mm-hmm. Well, what had happened is I had gone septic and my body had exploded from the inside yep. out. Yep. And so there's situations where, you know, people want that feeling, but they don't have that outcome. And then you have to pivot again. And I've done that many times, but for me, it was really digging into that feeling and then letting myself just trust in it for another moment until I needed to make the next right decision um, to see what happened next. So a lot of women in society struggle with that trust piece because in order to understand how you feel, you have to trust your feelings. And you're a great part. This, I want you to put on your business hat, right? Your master's degree, you know, in case you guys don't know, uh, Ashley has a master's degree in uh, science, specifically around grief, you know, and and this trauma expertise. And so I I just want you to put on that hat for a moment because 
so many women don't trust themselves because of various traumas that Mm -hmm. they've gone through in their life that have told them, I can't trust how I feel. So thus clarity will always elude me. I will never have clarity around purpose around whatever because I don't trust myself. Mm -hmm. You have been through so many traumas, the type of traumas that literally people don't bounce back from, you know, and yet you still have that trust around your intuition. Would you say that goes back to your childhood? Would you say that's the work? No, it was actually destroyed in my childhood. Take us there. Tell us about it. Because all of us are, we use that as a reason why we can't. We do. So, you know, uh, I experienced childhood abuse that, destroyed my sense of trust in myself because usually when we stop trusting ourselves it's because at some point or another someone in a position of power Mm -hmm. has made us believe that we are not trustworthy and they are that can look like a million different things and it's the science definition of it it's just an abuse of power happened that made us say that for their purposes they wanted us to not trust ourselves yes got it We can also stop trusting ourselves, though, when we make a decision and it doesn't go how we wanted it to go. And then we think, oh, I must have done this wrong or or something happened. You know, I I made the wrong decision when when we lost our two kids. I stopped trusting myself again that I could trust my intuition. And it took so much therapy still, even to this day. I trust myself more than I did, but it's something you have to continuously work on. I have to look for evidence that I can trust myself. In therapy, I do EMDR therapy, and one of the one of the things that we I just say, explain what EMDR yeah, is. Yeah, EM, it's, it's eye movement um, desensitization, and basically, EMDR is you recall past memories so that the intensity and the frequency and the duration at which you experience the trigger of that memory. It lessens. It's desensitized. It's yeah. lowered. And this is actually used for army vets around PTSD. Yeah. It uh, started that successfully. way. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it actually goes against what society teaches of. You just need to move on, forget about it. Mm-hmm. And you actually recall those moments. You sit in it. You sit in, you the sit in it. And work on the In feeling. a way that helps your brain heal from it so that you can feel safer thinking about those. Or maybe they just pass and you don't really think about them that much at all. But one of the things that I, as I say this, I could hear my baby crying I in the background. I instantly saw the mama switch happen yeah. where you're like, what type of cry is that? Let me hear you. Okay? Yes. She sounds a little frustrated. She's with mm-hmm. Nana, so she's all good. But I think, what time are we at? Okay, it's her nap time. That's why she's tired. So I love it. I know that it's easy to edit this sort of thing out, but I just want to call out that this is something I think a lot of moms can relate to. You're in the middle of work. And you hear the cry and, and you're you like, stop. I'm going to stop everything. I'm going to stop go get everything. I'm going right to go get now. my baby right now, <laughs> you know, and, and I want to actually call this out okay. as part of who you are, because one of the things that happened when we started working together about this aligns totally with the, the trust in yourself and the intuition yeah. is I would see whenever I would bring something up related to your business or your work or, or a new venture we were going to start or a speaking thing I wanted you to do or anything. I could see in your face that you would always kind of take it through a mental system, mm-hmm. you know, where a, like a checklist, if you will. And, you know, I would see priorities shift on that checklist, you know, but baby was always at the top, mm-hmm. especially in the early season, much like the same face I just saw here, you know, which the face I saw here feels organic and every mom can relate to, which makes me ask that mental clarity checklist that you teach people about, you know, yeah. that you have really formulated into your clarity map system, that mental checklist apparently we all have it in us 
clearly because I just saw you we do, do it. but we don't know how to access it or we don't even know that it exists instead of telling ourselves that there is a process in which I can make decisions and and trust myself to make them and and you know kind of mitigate risk versus is this good or bad mm-hmm. we often just think well I'm just stuck in this thing right. this is just how it is or I, my choice is already made my choice is made I'm in the routine mm. I'm robotic I am going through the motions. Mm. There's no checklist involved with that. That is just you feeling like you are a part of this system in which you must operate a certain way and you do and you feel like it is sucking the light right out of you because it is. But we have this ability because I we just have saw the ability. you do it. Because uh-huh. you literally said, what do I need to do? Is it what time is it? Here's the thing. Am I okay here? How would I feel if I continued this interview? Like I could see your brain going through it and every mom does that. Mm-hmm. It's a real automatic thing. And one of the things I want to call it that we were touching on before that I wanted to just put a bow on is this idea that our trust and our intuition yeah. can be in flux. That is revolutionary to me because we always feel like intuition and trusting our intuition is something that has to grow on an upward trajectory. We get better at it. But you're telling me that there could be seasons where we trust ourselves less, but we can get back to trusting ourselves more. Yeah. The way we do that is by making decisions. Decisions. So something why I brought up EMDR is because one of the things I would do when I sit in my EMDR and I do it a part of just my daily routine in the morning now is I am safe to trust my decisions. Mm. I am safe to trust my decisions. Something as simple as that, because for a long time, I didn't believe that. So then having this novel idea that, oh, I actually am safe to trust my decisions and having these mantras as you, you could call them, you can call them prayers, you can call them whatever, affirmations. affirmations. Whatever. I'm actually going to tell you just so quick, uh, I was talking to a psychiatrist and he said, having mantras, affirmations, prayer, meditation is so important because it puts you in a mindset of paying attention more to that thing where you could just walk along life totally tuned out of everything else and have miracles dropping in your lap, but you're not paying attention to it. But when you bring the mantra forward, when you bring the prayer, the affirmation forward, you are then consciously thinking about it. So you notice it more. So that's why saying things like, I am safe to trust my decisions actually helps us notice why we are safe to trust our decisions. We are looking for proof over and over again that we've made it a good decision or that it was a good outcome. So therefore we can be safe the next time when we have to make a decision. And that's been a part of my process of gauging what the result was, what can I do next time and feeling safe to be the one in charge of my own life fire. (laughs) And the reason why I'm so glad we got here is because this is the side of you people don't know. It's so easy, especially with the way the internet works, to hear people say, I've got a system, I've got a process, I've got, you know, this thing I use. And yes, that is one side of what you do so well. If you can nail the 50% of clarity mapping and heck, I mean, maybe it's even 80% of that, you know, of clarity mapping, figuring out, you know, kind of, well, where do I go with what decision and how does it align with my feelings and what is the process, which you teach. And it is so good. I mean, you've actually been doing this now for, gosh, when did I am here come out? I feel three like years three ago. years ago. And you were doing this prior to that. So yeah. I mean, this has been, it's been several years. Yeah, it's been several years that you've been doing this effectively to help you make calls like 
moving across the country, having another baby, marital decisions, you know, everything. Mm -hmm. And you, and you, you make decisions quickly. Y'all, if you don't know, she will <laughs> shut me down. I'm, if she don't want to do no, something. Like, Nicole, we ain't doing that. Yeah. She'll be like, so that's a no. That's a hard no. That will never happen. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't see it. My favorite part are the ways that you say no. I don't see a world where that would happen. <laughs> Yeah, I can't envision if that is ever a possibility. <laughs> I'm like, girl, <laughs> like she's giving me the hardest no right now. So, so, and I, but I love it about you because it's nice. It's like, okay, we're walking another path. Mm -hmm. We waste no time. So you, you have a system that shows people how to do that. And people talk about it all the time on the internet. It can feel salesy. Yeah. It can feel weird. But what I love that we talked about here is that there's also healing work yes. that is coupled so that you can use the system effectively, mm -hmm. that you can believe the outcomes of that system. Of that system and you can make pivots within it yes and that's what healing her i think has been so beautiful mm -hmm. in is that it's providing that support and people who work with you one-to-one -one, i know that that's some of the support i mean people get changed in 10 minutes can you tell us you had a situation this past week where yeah. someone got that and that really was a little different from the from the traditional clarity mapping work so can you tell me a little bit more about that process yeah so i did a live on instagram just the other day randomly totally unplanned mm -hmm. and a lady in the comments was telling me she was feeling stuck and i said come on live with me girl mm -hmm. let's like let's, let's talk, talk this through, out girl. yep and she said it's been a couple of years i'm a robot i want to press the big re reset button i don't know how mm -hmm. i love my kids i love my job i love my husband and still i feel like there's something more but mm. at the end of the day there's nothing left to me and i don't know what to do she went from that and crying talking to me about it to 10 minutes later crying in a different way because I helped her break down what she actually wanted to feel in her life. She was telling me she was going to add on going to a master's program and do these different Grasping things. Grasping at straws. What like, like someone else's definition of what I yeah, should do. I was like, you're already mm -hmm. doing a lot. You, you think that that's what's going to make you feel. And she's actually messaged me every day since just telling me how much different she feels in the morning because she has clarity on how she wants to feel. Therefore, she has clarity surrounding her decisions. That was just asking her the first three questions that I asked during the clarity map process. That mm -hmm. wasn't even the thing. And wow. I think something I'm so excited, the reason I'm so excited about doing this event live mm -hmm. is because, yeah, we're going to give you the roadmap, but we're also going to help you get through these emotional blocks Which that are stopping part. making the map. That's right. And, and that's why it's important. That's why we can't do it alone. That's why we have to go with someone who's been there before who can help us go to a place where we haven't been because how are we supposed to know where to go if we haven't been there it's and someone trusted i mean i just want to be honest you know the fact that you have a degree in this work means that you're able to also identify which i think a lot of us who are learning how to trust ourselves do i need more help do i need something different who else can I go to? And you're able to say, nope, EMDR would help you in addition to let's do this process. You know, so I just love that people get an opportunity to work with you on a trusted level and and know that you're qualified. Yeah. But outside of that, you've also been through it, girl. You you've know been what I mean? I've been through it. You're not sitting here on some shiny horse, you know, talking about, well, I've heard or right. I've read. You know, you're like, I've lived. I've you lived know? and I've lived through this process Out that loud. I am now teaching and and using every single day mm -hmm. every single day i'm so grateful i've had this opportunity to dig into a little bit more about why you are the way you are what makes you tick i know there's me a million more questions you know that i'm going to have after we'll have this round and two later i know we'll have to have a round two particularly because you've helped me so much with my breakthroughs 
I mean, honestly, I've had breakthroughs in drives to the airport with you in 15 minutes, you know, around, you know, (laughs) baby having, you know, where I'm like, I mean, just being completely transparent where I've said to you, I'm really scared about Mm -hmm. this process because my brain is focused on the million things that could go wrong. And you gave me one tiny shift where you said, clarity wise, do you know you want to do this? And I was like, yes. Like I know, like I was able to say confidently, yes, I never thought about that question. Mm. And I was able to say, yes, this is what I want to do. And then you said to me, well, if you know that's the case, let's talk about the different ways that it can happen. For me, it closed the door on the fear around it not working because there was mm. no reason to stand in it anymore. If I knew for a fact that the feeling I wanted I remember was that conversation. Yeah. Too. And I mean, like, and in 15 minutes, I had clarity that, and you know, now next week I have an appointment to go in and get all my numbers and do all the things. And, you know, oh, this is exciting. it's exciting. And uh, this is obviously, you know, the place to share, you know, oh you've helped gosh, me heal, so you know, and it's amazing you do it in 15 minutes. I cannot imagine if I had an opportunity to sit with you for an hour or two, you know, and yeah. I can't imagine if I got to work with you all year, you know, to kind of walk through the, the changes that I've learned, you know, and implement my map, how different I would be. So thank you for just giving, 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 you know, it's just such a gift. Thank you. Thanks for, thanks for being here. Oh, it was my joy. This was fun for having me. This was fun. Uh, Anna Ray actually just went down for her nap. So we wrapped up just in time and, uh, (laughs) you guys, thank you so much for joining Nicole and I, I have to see you at the live event, January 25th. Everything we talked about today, we are going to implement for your life. I want to help you get from where you are right now to a feeling of confident clarity that you know where you're going next in your life. And I know it's hard to believe that that change can happen for you. And I'm telling you as someone who has walked through it myself that it is possible. So trust me on that. Go to the link in the show notes to come and save your seat. And I'm going to see you on the inside then. And until I see you again next week, take good care of yourself. I'm so honored you joined us for this episode of the Healing Her podcast, where healing isn't just a destination. It's an empowering, transformative adventure. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss brand new episodes each Tuesday. And if you're ready for more tangible tools, make sure you grab my best-selling book, I Am Here, wherever books are sold or in the link in the show notes below. Take good care of yourself until I see you again next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.